Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Streamcast. I'm Gwyn, Lord of Cinder, and I'm joined by Isaac Clark from Dead Space. Again, going with the Isaac, but yeah, it's a great name. Yeah, thank you. Okay, okay. Let's get straight into the meat of the podcast. A couple of podcasts ago, we talked about FIFA, new engine, new stuff. So it's number one rival, Pro, or Pez, as it's known by some of its players, is now going under an official rebrand. As of this moment, Pez Pro is now eFootball and will now convert its model to a free-to-play online gaming experience. Do you have any first thoughts on this, Isaac? One that really springs to mind super quickly, the names FIFA and Pez are very iconic. And to change it from Pez to eFootball, it just sounds like one of those football games that didn't quite make it. Like, I think there's one <laughs> called This Is Soccer. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's still about. Uh, and I'm sure you know others in your head, or you know others, but you've forgotten them as well. I I think, you know, we can agree on that. Like, there are some games that just didn't stand the test of time. Uh, and FIFA and Pez are the juggernauts. Um, and this rebrand... Imagine if you're like a parent and you want to buy your, your child a football game. Uh, I'm sure you're, what if you're our age and you're out of it, but you want to buy your child a football game? You don't see pairs, you only see FIFA. I guess I'm getting FIFA. What's eFootball? Uh, I don't know about this one. I, <laughs> I don't think they should drop the, the Pez name, um, but I like the direction they're going. What about you? So I like the concept of what they're doing very much. I like the fact that they're going away from the annual subscription model. Things that FIFA customers have complained about for many years, the rivals are actually doing it. So that might be the kick up the backside that the industry needs. Obviously, this is something that we've seen in other kinds of games. So Fortnite, Apex, these are games that are free to play and they are hugely successful. So this isn't like a nail in the coffin of the franchise at all. I do agree with you though. I don't think they should have changed the name because as people, we are quite fickle and we're quite simple. Not to say we're stupid, but we're simple. So if we see that logo that we've seen 20 years ago, it might give us you know, a feeling to reignite that feeling, especially if it's a free to play model. Why wouldn't you play pro if it was free? It makes all the sense in the world. But I get why they changed the name. It's a new era. It's a new type of game. So maybe it's not going to carry any of the old pro stuff, which might be a worry because pro, even though it's the Pepsi of the football simulation world, it still has its loyal following. So with this, they risk losing that loyal following. I hope that they properly prepared for that and hopefully are going to make new fans in case they lose some old ones. Yeah, it's a shame when, like, old fans run away because it's not the exact same thing they love. Like, change is good. We, we're meant to change. Change is better. Um, but I will say, they've they've got this thing called the one-on-one system. Uh, I don't really know what exactly it's going to bring. They say that, what do they do? They, um, they create a massive range of new animations showing how players react differently depending on facts such as ball position and running speed. And in my head, what that's probably going to amount to is holding uh, L2 to guard 
when someone runs at you <laughs> and maybe your player, you know, moves a little bit differently. I don't know, like, how much they can flesh it out with the buttons they have available because, like, PES and FIFA, the control schemes, uh, I haven't touched PES in, like, 10 years, maybe longer, but it was mostly the same as FIFA. So I don't know how you're going to get this whole, like, one-on-one thing to work and be really cohesive. And you've got it on, like, multiple platforms as well. So it's not like you can really, like, change the camera angle or something like that because then how would you do... How would you play with, like, your friends? Um, So I'm really interested to see where this new thing they've added is going to take the game. Is it going to be, you know, a little tweak and it's the same game year after year? which actually wouldn't be terrible this time because you're not paying for a new game. You you will have the same game and those tweaks. Do you know what? Let's rewind a little bit. <laughs> the tweaks, I have, no, I have to say because the tweaks are great actually because you don't even buy the game. You get it and it's going to be a service that lasts you for years. So like you said, the description model gone, instead of paying like £40 for them to ruin the penalties and the defending and you having to get used to it, and you only having the game for like six months because it takes six months to, you know, get used to it, especially if you're a casual like me that doesn't play often. Um, this is great because it means, you know, that you put it down, you pick it up and, oh, it's changed a little bit, but that's fine. It's not like I've bought a new game. Let me just get used to it, like whatever. Um, I think it's a good thing they're doing. And I'll definitely give Pez a try. Uh, and if it sucks, well, I haven't lost anything. So I guess they've got everything to gain. Yeah, that's, it's so true. I think people are going to be so beholden to the brand of FIFA that they're not even going to give eFootball a chance. And that's going to be the biggest thorn in their side. Because as you said, that is ideally what everyone wants from FIFA. They want one game that they don't have to keep buying every year, that they don't have to be doing stupid things to, like... If you could make one football game and you're just making tweaks like season kits and all of that, that's ideal in the average football gamer's mind. So I don't see why you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot of like doubts because I saw I, I saw the trailer and it didn't look good. Like the whole okay. six, yeah, it was okay, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna lie, if FIFA looks a lot better, so. That's a big hill that they have to overcome. I don't know why pros models have always looked a bit rough and muddy. Mm. So I hope that they combat that. Obviously, they've got Iniesta and Pique working on the game, which is ideally what you want. You want two of the brig- you want two of the most brilliant football minds ever to like kind of tell the the game people what makes a good football game, like art should be imitating life here. I'm worried that the offline support isn't going to be as good as pro was. Mm. Like online mode is great and everything and all games should have an online mode if possible. But I do think all games should have an offline mode too if the game calls for it. And a game that's a football simulation game definitely should call for that. If you have some friends around, you should definitely be able to play a couple games with them. And I don't know what modes are going to be available and that's a bit scary that they haven't revealed any of that information i think they've revealed that there's going to be a kickoff it was very brief towards the end like you saw some slides that didn't show any gameplay but the gameplay is always going to be football so i guess like what is there to show 
Um, but yeah. we'll have kickoff. Kickoff is guaranteed. Um, so <laughs> you know, you've 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 got your bread and butter there. There's kickoff. And I mean, that's good for me, mm. or good for casuals. But like, there are other modes that people are interested in that are offline, like career modes and master league. I don't know if those are going to be continued in the new version of eFootball. Mm. And they've put like a, a, I don't know if it's like a release window, but they've put like a timetable of what they are trying to release when and yeah. what they're trying to achieve. And not too much about local play has been announced. So I'm a bit apprehensive about that, but I think what they're trying to do is very ambitious. And I mean, they do have as good a chance now as ever because I think they realized that pro was a sinking ship. They were capped because the industry was the way it was and the market share was the way it was. No one, no one really was going to give up FIFA to play pro. So I think this is probably the best move that they could have done, but we have to wait and see to see if this is worth a Fortnite or an apex people getting involved in this kind of project. I mean, I think based on what you said, uh, it's the right move and it's it's what they had to go on because it does two things. If it works great, it works for them. But also it kind of separates them from, from FIFA as well. So if this works and people like it, then FIFA have to step up. They have to change. They have to do something drastic and radical. And their first iteration probably won't be great. So that's great for pro. Um, and honestly, as a casual fan myself, I think this is just great news because, you know, my friends, I think between us, we have, I think, FIFA 19, and we still bang that out. Like, we we don't care. We just want to kick ball <laughs> and get takeaway. Um, so this is perfect. And, like, if this game was something that we liked and we didn't pay anything for it, and there was something that was like, you know, you can buy this kit for a fiver, I'd be like, yeah, why not? And it's going to be yeah. all those, yeah, why nots that, like, get them their money. So they've got something good on their hands. Yeah, I think. I assume they'll be using very different metrics to measure the success of their release, mm. which is fine. Um, and another thing that eFootball is going to try and do to separate itself from FIFA is include cross-play across all of their platforms. So mobile players will be able to play PC gamers and console gamers and vice versa. And I think that's really the way games should be played. If it's available on all these platforms, why not be able to play each other? And I think that is going to be a good USP for eFootball. Hopefully that there isn't anything like lag or any disadvantages for playing on a mobile versus a console or anything like that. Excited about that, most of all, I think. Mm, I mean, I do worry about that a little bit because it's so easy to I think it's really easy to disconnect on a phone because yeah you could just you could just turn off the phone like in a couple seconds or just close the app with a swipe like it's a bit harder to well I guess it's not harder to do on your your console you just like shut the game off but <laughs> I don't know man I just I just don't trust uh co-op with FIFA mobile and salty players uh especially because like, is FIFA going to run, um, like, is it going to be streamed to your phone? Or, like, can phones run, uh, like, a whole game of FIFA? Um, maybe they can, but I wouldn't want my game, my phone running, like, FIFA. I feel like it'd heat up in my hands. 
Yeah, got to get those cases and those protective gloves. Mm. But I think eFootball should be able to run on the phone. Phones are more powerful nowadays anyway. Yeah, and I don't know how complex a game of eFootball is going to be. So I think that should be fine. Mm. Like the whole disconnecting thing is a thing that's going to happen. It's part of the culture. Yeah, that's terrible. It shouldn't be part of the culture. Yeah. Take your L I... like a man. Or, <laughs> or take, your, take your L like a respectable person. Yeah. Yeah. Take your L like an adult. Like, like an adult. Thank you. I think there should be punishments for that. And I know people are going to say, well, if you have crappy internet, what? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> get good internet. I think that they should be punishments for, for uh, DC and then quitting. I think certain games are starting to implement that. Like you will have like a certain mark on your avatar or something. But I do think that should be part of the culture as well. Like this person is known to rage quit when they're yeah. losing. Yeah. Or like, maybe they do it now. I don't play enough of you for online. Actually, I don't play any of you for online. But in um, Ultimate Ninja Storm 2, actually, because it's the last one I played. Uh, and I think most games have this. Like, you'd see how strong someone else's internet was before you got to play them. Uh, and I'm not sure if FIFA does the same thing where you can see their signal strength and then fight them. Um, or, like, have the opportunity to back out if their signal strength sucks. Uh, I'm not sure if FIFA has that. Um, I know games like Smash Bros. doesn't have that. You just kind of go in and hope for the best. Um, so yeah. I know something as simple as that would be really helpful. So you can be like, okay, I'm not going to get a good game here. Let me leave. Because like, not everyone can get great internet, and that's fair enough. But if your internet is bad, I feel like you should play with other people who have bad internet. Because it, it's not fair on someone who's you know maybe forked out more money for an internet that works or can like be by their router um it, it does suck don't get me wrong but i don't think your bad internet should ruin someone else's experience um i agree 100 100 this isn't something trying to blame or shame people <laughs> who don't have great internet this is not that pod but yeah as isaac said we are trying to say that really you should be able to have a good game of whatever you're playing online and if everything's good on your side and you know you're seeing you know that your opponent or whoever you're playing with has bad internet i think that's not something that you should suffer for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. agreed but let us know what you think about this entire topic whether you are watching or listening to this podcast what do you think about pro evolution soccer now becoming eFootball? now being free to play uh, you know very ambitious looking to do all this cross play stuff how do you feel about this will you be getting eFootball let us know now in the last podcast California was suing Sega and they're back at it because they are suing Activision Blizzard my goodness this state is so busy but this time it's for more serious charges Activision Blizzard has been sued by the state of California for discrimination against their female employees. And these really range and they're quite foul. So um, this comes to us via Bloomberg and a lot of this is frat boy culture, sexual harassment. Um, there is a lot of rape jokes. So um, it is quite serious. 
Isaac, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, ah, it sucks. It, it it really sucks. Um, and to like just add a bit of, well, no, not to add a bit of perspective because it's it's what's going on, and it's not just in the video game industry. It's it's all over the place, really. Uh, but we are a video gaming pod, and you know we we're looking at video games at the moment, and the fact that it's been enough for twenty eight years is crazy. Um, and what I found even more crazy was the fact that we haven't we haven't made progress um, because when Atari were about, they had basically the same work culture, um, and you know it was a case of. Like, oh, are things getting better now? Um, that all, like, came out and you're like, whoa, that's crazy. Some people want, wanted to work there. But looking back on it now, it's like, well, no, that's actually a really toxic environment unless you meet a certain criteria of person, which isn't fair. Because, like, you know, if you make friends at work, great. If you love your job, even better. But at the end of the day, the sole reason a lot of us go to work if so, we can pay for roof over our heads and to do the things that we enjoy. Like in a weird, in a weird way, we we have to go to work. It's a form of servitude we have to do. So to go there and to have to like you know be exposed to these conditions, it's, it's not right because it's not. You are choosing to be there, but at the same time, you're not. Like you you have to get paid. Um, otherwise you you can't live in this like capitalistic world we live in. Yeah. Um, so you know, and I'm, I'm really glad that you know certain certain rules and laws are like enforced, not enforced, are in place. They just need to be enforced now, um, and and that takes everyone to do it. So I think we were seeing some posts on Twitter where certain people are like, oh, "I've been at this company for X amount of years, which is a very long time," and they never knew. And okay, let's say you did never know but you are a senior member of staff who has the responsibility to look after your team. This says two things. You're either turning a blind eye or you are ignoring people that... No, three things. You're turning a blind eye, you're actually ignoring people, or people don't feel comfortable enough to talk to you. And maybe it's because they think you're not actually going to help, or maybe it's because they think you are also part of the problem. And that in itself is another problem. Um, Absolutely. And uh, yeah, to go back to Atari, like it, it's weird how when I read that Bloomberg report, it just sounded like what Atari did all those years ago, the exact same thing. Because I was shocked to find out that they would drink in the office and then go to like other people's cubicles. Like first and foremost, yeah, interrupting someone at their desk is a cardinal sin <laughs> unless you come with like, you know, good news, like with a little bribe, bring me a snack or something. Um, like bring me a joke. Be someone I like. Um, yeah. But like don't come to my desk. I don't want anyone bothering me. Yeah. Let me just do what I need to That's do it. and go. Um, and they're you know like getting drunk and like actively antagonizing other people in the workplace. It's it's terrible. Um, and it's a shame it's still going on. But more so for the people who. I've had to endure it. Um, I rambled enough for long, for long enough. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts? No, I, I think you you said a lot of things already. That very powerful, very strong, very right. I agree. I basically think that 
similar to when we've talked about race issues, it's mm -hmm. not something that exists in a bubble. It's something that's a global issue. Sexism is a global issue. It's not something that exists in a bubble and it's not something that we have to think about or hear both sides. I think this many accounts of it means that this is happening. And the, I didn't even know that about Atari, but you telling me that just told me everything I need to know. <laughs> the games industry is an old boys club. And if you're not part of the boys, you're not welcome. And they are very skilled in making that clear. And that's sad. That's pathetic. Mm -hmm. I saw all the tweets as well. As soon as this Activision news went out, a lot of people who have no connection with Activision working in different games company were telling their stories about how something similar happened to them or someone they knew while working in that place. And it's like, why is this so toxic? Why is this everywhere? Why is this so omnipresent? I don't understand. So I hope Activision can get rinsed by California. I Yeah. I, I hope they get finished. I will personally not play another Activision slash Blizzard game until I see true forms of change. Because I that that is the most I can do personally. It's a games company. The most the biggest protest I can do peacefully is not buy their games, and they're not getting another cent or another minute from me. And that's that's something I'm prepared to do and stand by. We also need to. We, we need to fight these um, traits. So it's not just the games industry that this happens, but it's in the workplace, it's on public transport, it's in parks, it's in the clubs, it's everywhere. And we need to stand up and fight against anything like this nature. And it's not enough to uh, laugh along because that will make the situation you know dissipate. It's not enough to ignore the situation so you don't get involved you have to get involved stick your neck out be prepared to be vilified be prepared to you know lose some friends because some people aren't willing to let go of that culture they've been brought up that way and as you said earlier in the pod change is good change is something that has to happen evolution mm -hmm. and some people aren't ready to go through that and to them i say see ya we'll leave you in the past and we can't allow people to be getting away with this anymore. It's a shame we don't have more power because <laughs> we could probably do something real about this, but it's, it's, it's stuff that we talked about in the previous pod. If you haven't checked it out, please check out the Rooney Rule. We talk about Activision and it was a completely different problem, but it was the same company. And we knew from that moment that there was some fuckery going on with them, <laughs> with them man there. Um, I think it was, it was the Rooney rule. They weren't willing to implement the Rooney rule because they, they used the same old excuse. I think they, they didn't want to give someone an executive role just because of what they look like. They wanted it to be based on merit, <sighs> which, you know, hearing it is fine, but like in actuality, what you're getting is a lot of nepotism. You're getting a lot of the same old, same old, you know, uh, hetero Caucasian males doing their damage, mm -hmm. hiring their own and doing stuff like this. It's really quite creepy. And that's a nice way of putting it. I, 
yeah, I, I hope Activision get shut the fuck down. Like, I cannot, I can't stand that a big company is doing stuff like this. And when people you look to to look after you are doing stuff like this, where can you really turn to? Like, there are some really horrible stories in this Bloomberg report. And I'm sure that there's stuff that we're never going to know, which is really, really sad. Yeah. It has to stop. And just like with George Floyd and everything that happened last year, this is something that needs to be lifelong change. We need to commit to this. And I say we, I mean the people in charge, the CEOs of companies, these people who are just going to tweet out statements saying, I'm sorry, we messed up. It's not enough to apologize. You have to actually put things in place to ensure that this isn't going to happen again, to safeguard your marginalized workers, people, whether that be gender, race, you know, orientation or anything like that. You need to safeguard your own employees. They're working for you. They're making you money. Yeah. So the least you could do is make them feel safe while they're making you money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> like, honestly, I don't, I am a firm believer of of actions speak louder than words. Because um, there have been times where I've just said stuff. Uh, I just have, I haven't done them. Um, and then nothing happens. But if I'm quiet and I do things, like, you know, it does lead to change. So this is just my belief. I'm not sure if other people are going to be like this. But honestly, like, I don't even care about the apology. Like, don't don't apologize. Don't do anything. But make a change, like actually impose things that will create better, like conditions. Like, forget your negative PR or whatever. Just, just ignore that. Don't put, don't put, a, don't put another dime into it because marketing is really expensive. Don't, don't, don't do all of these like fluff pieces or whatever. Nothing, none of it. No. Action. That's it. That is it. Statement. Uh, we're doing X, Y, Z, leave it. Maybe like six months down the line, X, Y, Z got us this, um, or we did a survey and things are better now, um, and give us like actual, like, you know, testimonies, et cetera, et cetera. Show us that a change is being made. Because honestly, I think that would be the best marketing for them. Because I think it actually does come down to marketing. And you see it during certain times of the year when companies go through a change there's like a little jekyll and hyde that happens um and then once that month is gone it's back to normal business as usual um and that that doesn't do anything that that does nothing at all you're you're basically you're you're treating the the symptoms instead of actually attacking the 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 root cause the the actual disease and that's the Nothing's gonna happen. So, action, normal words. Um, I don't know about everyone. Maybe people like the apologies, but I don't. I don't care for them. Um, because honestly, uh, saying sorry does does nothing. It does nothing, in my opinion. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I. I think there are people that an apology is gonna appease, and there there is something else that I'd like to see stop. When people get pulled up for their toxic behavior and they apologize, there's a lot of people, and I'm not going to use the word to describe them, but there's a lot of people who go, why are you apologizing? It's free speech. Why are you apologizing? It was funny. It wasn't because it was damaging and it was discriminatory. 
those two things need to be accounted for. I think there are people who will generally take the apology well, mm. as in that's the the state of that's the statement of intent. But as you said, if it's not backed up by action, then I don't give a fuck. No one cares for your apology if it's thinly veiled. And to be honest, I don't see real change happening until they get that CEO out of there and get someone else in who actually has the intent to make a better and safer Activision. But uh, where do you get that from? Because, I mean, a lot of companies like to hire from internally up and, you know, there's there's a problem there or you get someone from external, but then that's someone who... Because you see it in organisations when you work there. Like, if someone comes in who's external and then takes a senior position, like... It's, it's a lot more work because they do have to get to know the people of the business. They do have to get to know how the business works. They do have to know the systems of the business because not all businesses are the same. They have like certain different ways of doing it. Yeah, they might have like different, you know, um, ways of, you know, speaking to each other. So maybe some, this is a very basic example. Maybe some, you know, companies use Slack. Maybe some use Teams. Maybe some use Skype. But, and then just really like, you know, specify that for all their systems. So you might, you know, be sick at something in one company, but if they do something differently in another company, then you don't know what to do. And if you're, you know, busy trying to get to know how to 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 be good at your job, you're not really going to get the the respect of people low from you that quickly, and then you can't enforce change. Like it's weird yeah. if, to be to be a CEO, to be like a leader. You do have to inspire others to an extent. Um, especially when like you're so high up, you're only speaking to like upper management and not, I don't know, the people who are much lower than you because there'll be more of them. Um, yeah. And like honestly, one good boss in a small team that's that's actually quite big can be more beneficial than like one good guy like further up because his effect won't trickle down. It might even get hidden. Maybe the guy who, you know, said, oh, 28 years, didn't know anything. Maybe he just didn't, like, see. Um, but that's not me defending him. That's just me saying it, it's a problem with the workforce. There's there's too much hierarchy. Um, and that in itself can be problematic because if you have to, like, do certain things to go so far up the chain to get that change, it slows things down. Like, the things that you do in a business to make money, if it takes ages to get that done like how long is it going to take to get the the other things done in the company the more hr related tasks that don't directly make money but i would say they indirectly make money because the better stuff you have the more money you'll make um yeah this is me rambling this is i'm rambling i've lost my <laughs> original point it's gone it's completely gone but um yeah uh getting you know, a new CEO to, to change things. Like, it's going to be tough. You might have to gut a team. You might have to gut some departments. You might have to do a complete restructure. And you know how companies love doing restructuring to get nothing done. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's it's a tough one, I think. Yeah. So, it really does start with all of us. Like, if you can just be better to your fellow workers. And if you spot something and it's not okay, like, you know, don't shy away. Um, go to HR if needed. And hopefully you've got a good HR because HR are 
absolute demons. Like you want HR on your side. And I'm not saying, you know, be a dickhead and have HR on your side. Just be a decent person and have HR on your side by default. Because they're there for the good of the company. Um, and, you know, if enough people are talking, enough people are raising their voices, enough people raise the issue, what's going to happen is HR are going to do their job and they're going to talk to the person who has, you know, committed these offences and they're going to have a sit down. They're going to have a mature conversation like adults and hopefully what they've done hasn't been too severe. Talk it out, move on, get on with it. You're all there to work and go home. You're not friends. You don't have to be friends. And if it is severe, <laughs> they get fired. Like, HR is that simple. Um, yeah. And it just takes everyone, you know, working together and being as a team and just calling things out and you'll be fine. Wow, this has become a HR pod. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Let's get back to games. I mean, I think you, you made a good point about the, the new CEO thing. I think that definitely mm. needs to be an external hire just so we can actually get some change, some much needed change injected to the company. I think if you do it internally, you're just going to get the right hand man of the, you know, so you don't achieve anything that way. Honestly, I don't know how you solve that problem. It's not our problem to solve personally, but I do think that everyone can have a part to play in solving this issue, which doesn't just exist in Activision, but as I said before, worldwide. So yeah, people like us, we can support by not buying Activision games, not playing Blizzard games. We can, you know, make sure that we stop all forms of sexism that we know, even when, even if they are friends that we've known for a while in group chats and stuff like that, I think you need to shut that down. If you're in the workplace, that's something that you need to be aware of because everyone knows of the, the discrepancies when it comes to gender and all of that stuff. So I think there's a lot of stuff that you need to be aware of and having in the front of your mind to ensure that you are not part of the problem because that's the last thing that you want to be, I hope. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> but I guess let us know your thoughts if you are listening to or watching this podcast. What are your thoughts about Activision Blizzard? It's a question that really has one answer. So <laughs> yeah. I, I guess what I would say is, have you been affected by anything that you've seen going on at Activision or any other games company, you directly or someone that you know, a relative, a friend, a friend of a friend. If you are open and welcome, please let us know. There are contacts that we can give you that you can reach out to that can support you in these difficult times. And I really hope that the people that have gone through this stuff can really find healing and understand that they are not at fault for this kind of stuff because I know that that is something that can go through the minds of people that go through this kind of trauma or abuse. It's not your fault. I hope you find healing. Okay, I think that's it. I, I don't have anything else I want to talk about, do you? <laughs> uh, no, it's a pretty heavy topic. Um, I, think, uh, I think I'm, yeah, I've got nothing left. Fair. I, I do want to say, I mean, Thanks, Isaac, for coming on and talking about such a heavy topic. I think it's very easy to talk about all the, the exciting stuff, all the good stuff that goes on in the gaming world. And it's very easy to turn a blind eye to the ugly side of 
not just games, but the world. And I think that we have a position, we have the privilege to have such a great community that I think that we should talk about stuff like this. And I think it's great that we have, um, yeah, I think we've, we've, we've dealt with it with the utmost seriousness as it does deserve. And yeah, like it is a heavy topic. And unfortunately there is no, there's no joke that we can make to make things lighter. There is, you know, the world involves politics and unfortunately so do games. This kind of stuff is gonna come up. And if there were no toxic people in Activision, we wouldn't be talking about this right now. So on that note, please consider giving us a follow on Twitter and Instagram, streamcast underscore. Follow us on Twitch, streamcast TV. And if you're watching this podcast via YouTube, please give us a thumbs up, subscribe to us and set the bell to all so you get every video as soon as it goes live. So that really helps us out. And our podcast is available on so many different platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Sounder, CastBox, so many other ones. So wherever you consume your podcast, please search Streamcast or One Word and you should see our very nice logo there. That's the one. Give us a follow. Give us your support. We thank you for your support thus far. We look forward to sharing a lot more content with you in the next few months. Oh, I almost forgot. Troy and I are speaking at the Develop Brighton conference in late October. So make sure you get your early bird tickets while you still can. We'll be talking about diversity. <laughs> so I think it's a it's it's well timed. So make sure you check that out. We've got a quiz as well this Friday. We've got a quiz. Can Isaac bring it home to Streamcast when he goes up? <laughs> <laughs> well, he'll be going up against some of the brightest minds in all of games. Can he bring it home? Make sure you tune in on Twitch 9 p.m. on Friday to find out. Oh, Pokemon Shield Nuzlocke series, Thursdays, 5 p.m. on YouTube. That's youtube.com forward slash streamcast. I am doing a Pokemon Shield Nuzlocke series. It's going great so far. Make sure you subscribe and find out whether I can take it all the way. And really quickly, we are going to shift up what we do with our Patreon a little bit. So from August, if you subscribe to the middle tier, you will get an exclusive monthly podcast featuring us. We're gonna be talking about stuff that might be outside of the gaming agreement. So if you want a little bit more of us, if you wanna show us that support, we'll put the link in the description. He's been Isaac, I have been Gwyn, Please take care of yourselves, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next Streamcast.